This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome back to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thank you guys for subscribing to the show. Wait a minute, you don't subscribe? Are you kidding me? If you don't, make sure you hit subscribe uh, and put on the auto download and help us uh, uh, make sure that you get the latest and greatest of Raiders information here from us. He is Mo Moten. He is the national NFL writer at Bleacher Report covering the entire league. And he also writes a Raiders column up on sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. You can follow me at LV Gully, the show SNB today. And we are an Odyssey original podcast. Okay, Mo, we've talked a little bit about position coaches maybe being the first uh, ones to walk the plank off the SS Raider that is sinking <laughs> fast. Um, but let's talk about uh, the defensive side of the ball first, and that is Patrick Graham. Um, I'm giving him an F for the year. This team has really struggled. I know it's struggled in points. Um, we've seen the one big acquisition, I say the big acquisition, and that was Chandler Jones. Of course, the other acquisitions, Deron Harmon, a great one, actually. I think a win there from Dave Ziegler. Rocky Asin is inconsistent but shows flashes here and there. But overall, Patrick Graham's defense just hasn't performed well all the way around. When you look at that hiring and what he was able to do before he got to the Raiders in New York and so on, um, did we maybe over estimate how good and and maybe what Patrick Graham was going to be able to do with the guys he had on the roster? I think when you've had mediocre defenses as the Raiders have had in past years, you're looking at it as how much worse could it get than what the Raiders had, <laughs> right? You're like, how, how much yeah. worse could it be? You know, this guy can't be any worse than the previous, right? And you look at Patrick Graham's defense and it's the second worst in the red zone. Secondary, as I said, the pass coverage is giving up the second highest uh, completion rate the quarterbacks this season behind the Detroit Lions who just fired their DB coach and you're looking at players who just not just not showing up I, I know I've been a big on Anthony Averett hasn't played well as you said Rocky I've seen inconsistent uh, Nate Howes even before he got hurt struggled Trevon Merrick is the big surprise disappointment here he had a promising rookie season not playing not playing so well this year, uh, Denzel Perryman, some make a huge mistake on a Kamara touchdown because Kamara scored all the touchdowns, but he guessed wrong. There was one point where he was he went to the flat and Kamara cut inside mm-hmm. and he got he got mixed up in the wash with a couple of receivers and defenders. And he he just blatantly guessed wrong. So that was on him. But 
technically you're supposed to coach those things and and, and let those players know what they're supposed to do on, on certain situations. So uh, to, to answer your question, he's flat out a huge disappointment. And it's funny because one tweeter responded to one of my uh, early tweets on Monday, and he said, notice the Giants defense got better after Patrick Graham left. That's a good Wink point. Martindale is, Wink Martindale is doing a fantastic job with that Giants defense. I know he blitzes a lot, but he has a system. It worked with the Ravens for the most part. I know it kind of went off the rails in his, in his last year in Baltimore, but they had a lot of injuries on the back end. Mm-hmm. For the most part, Wink Martindale has been a great defensive coordinator. But I did say before the season that the one unknown with Patrick Graham is he hasn't been a coordinator for very long. Exactly. He hasn't he hasn't you been a one spot. Yeah. He had he had he had one year with the Dolphins and they weren't a good football team, so the defense struggled. He had one good year with the Giants and then a bad year with the Giants. He doesn't have a long history, so you don't really know what to expect. And when the Giants defense struggled under his tutelage, I remember Logan Ryan said he had to pare things down and basically simplify the defense so players got their assignments right and communication was a lot easier. Maybe that's something they should do this year because whatever he's been doing hasn't been working through seven games. And he said he was going to tweak things over the bye week. Apparently that didn't help because (laughs) still giving up way too many points. So yeah, a lot of people may have overestimated what Patrick Graham could do. And I think it's hopeful optimism from the fan base, but as far as us being talking heads and being part of the media, we have to be the ones to say, look, this is the, this is the, you know, bad and good. These are the pros and cons. And as I said, you know, he doesn't have a long history. So we don't have a history of him having success over a long period of time. So you were kind of treading in unknown waters and we're seeing that it's not as good as fans wanted it to be right now. Well, we heard the same criticism that we're hearing about Patrick Graham's defense around Paul Gunther's defense, another PG, right? Um, Initial wise, uh, which was he had to simplify the offense. It was too complex. Well, now you have that issue again, and it seems as though um, we're running into that again. Um, Mo, with the time we have left, I want to go back to the Josh McDaniels conversation. You leading off the show, uh, and I know how much it irritated you, and it did me too as well. And it took me back to it, the, the excuses, the idea that well, we lots of people lose football games. Um, they didn't lose twenty four to nothing for and get shut out for the first time in eight years. But but you know you see that there seems to be some sort of lack of awareness uh, for Josh McDaniels on on how to say things, what to how to address. Uh, not just the media. I mean, not that he doesn't answer the media's questions. He does. Um, and, and But he reminds me a little bit in a much different kind of style to what used to bug me about Gruden. And that was every time the Raiders would perform poorly, Gruden had excuses. Well, you know, how many guys, how many teams have 14 guys on the, on the, on the IR report? How many guys are out with COVID? How many guys this? How many? We don't have time because of COVID. We can't practice as much. You know, there was a lot of excuses. He would say there's no excuse, and then he would make excuses. I see the same pattern with McDaniels. I really do. And But not just that. It's almost like he's just not even aware of what he's saying and how it sounds, not only to us, and we don't matter at the end of the day, right, because it's the team that matters the most. Um, but even to the team, you start to think, and you said it earlier, you know, when you sometimes have to come out and you got to put people on notice publicly, Right. In a roundabout way, you don't come out and call a guy out by name, but you say, you know, what? we got guys in the locker room who don't show up to practice. And you know what? If they don't show up to practice and they don't get on the field and do what they're supposed to do, then we're just going to go with a different option. You know, stuff like that. When you're essence, you might be telling two guys, 
You say it to the world, but you're telling two people. Um, he doesn't seem to be doing any of that. And I don't know, what is the panic button time for this guy? Is the panic button when you're in week 15 and you have three wins? I, I, I just don't know or understand where he's at. And it makes it really difficult because everybody wants to fire him. And I understand why. That's an emotional reaction from a fan base who's really upset and had really lofty expectations. But with this guy, I, we talked about it weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, the Nathaniel Hackett thing in Denver, right? Where they brought on a senior advisor. I think Josh McDaniels needs help. I think he needs somebody there who's going, because he's clearly not getting it either, that's going to tell him, hey, Josh, you might want to do this or do that. Or, hey, let me give you some advice, because I don't think what he's doing all the way around is working. Now let's remember, Josh McDaniels is still a young head coach. I know this yeah. is the second stint, but he's still a young head coach who's still learning on the job because he only had two years in Denver. They got they ran him out after two years, <laughs> so within two years. So um, I, what I also want to say is I don't want to beat up on too much of what Josh McDaniels says at the podium because we're asking these guys to be head coaches and not you know public speakers. Right. But as I said, but even with Gruden, Gruden would call guys out. I remember there was one year where – uh, I forgot who it was, but the cornerback position was in flux. And basically um, someone else, Casey, Hay Casey Hayward had basically won the job over, over it was um, Damon Arnett. Yep. And I forgot exactly what Gruden said, but during the off season, he said, basically it's Casey Hayward's job to lose. Now he didn't say those words exactly, but when he said it was basically Casey Hayward's job, he's putting Damon Arnett on notice. He's not calling names. He's not naming names. Because I'm not asking Josh McDaniels to get up to the podium and call guys out by name. That's not <laughs> how you handle the situation. No. But you can you can say things subtly and, and send a message to certain guys or one particular player without saying a name, and he'll know that you're talking about him. So that's my point, is that when you have a game like that against the Saints where you're completely flat, you may need to call out your team a little bit. Not by name, but just in a general sense, because, again, whatever you're doing in the locker room privately is not working, is not getting through. Mm. So when that doesn't work, you got to go to plan B. you got to do something different to get something better out of your squad. Right, like going to the podium and saying, look, our offense didn't perform well. Those guys didn't execute. They knew the game plan. They just didn't do it. They, could, they couldn't execute it. They need to all look in the mirror and figure it out. So there you go. You could be talking about Derek Carr. You could be talking about the offensive line. You could be talking about Foster Moreau. You could be talking about Devontae Adams. You could be talking about all those guys or a few of them and do it in a way. So I, I agree with you. I, and, and I know he's a quote-unquote young head coach technically, to your point. He doesn't have a lot of experience. Uh, but at this point, we, of course, saw the salacious, oh, he's in a meeting with Mark Davis, right? Which you expect that. Look, if you have an active yeah. owner, and and uh, John Middlecuff wrote and said, hey, Mark Davis used to get in position faces or in the face of position coaches on plane rides in the old days uh, and talk about and, and have discussions with them. So his dad used to do the same thing. So so I don't see it as unusual uh, no. other than it's not acceptable. And the owner's telling the coach it's not acceptable. So, again, the, 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 the idea that he's going to get fired, I think, is ludicrous. But beside that, um, if you're Mark Davis now, let's talk about this if we're in the honesty bubble Mark Davis has overseen all of this. He, he, he did a mea culpa a couple of years ago as the team was moving into the new stadium. And he said, listen, there were times when I didn't know about football and I didn't tap in the right people. Now I'm tapping into the right people. I'm asking the right people questions. I know what I don't know. Um, he obviously got advised on hiring the two people he hired with Dave Ziegler and with Josh McDaniels. 
Um, so people are starting to then now look at Mark Davis and say, oh, here we go again. He picks a coach, picks a GM, and we're right back in the same situation. Um, how much of this organizationally does it, does it, I should say this, does it start to get fidgety for the organization if this continues? Does Mark Davis lose his resolve and move on? He's not going to do what his dad did and fire somebody on a tarmac. I get that. But is he going to perhaps um, rethink his decision or is this a Dave Ziegler decision, really? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think it starts with Dave Ziegler because he is the GM. The problem is right. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels are friends. They go back to John Carroll College, I believe. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's in Ohio. So they're yep. they're familiar with each other. They have a friendship. So it's hard to fire your buddy. But then again, Paul Gunther and John Green, I believe, were were buddies. So sometimes you have to fire your friend. Yeah. It's a results-based based business. They know it's not personal, it's business. So that decision, I think, comes down at the end of the season. Where are the Rays at the end of the season? Because again, we're still in the middle of the year. They're, I know they're two and five, doesn't look good, but we're not even at at the halfway point realistically. I mean, halfway is next week, but you're going to wait till the end of the season to see where this team ends up before you make a decision to fire a head coach because I said this weeks ago, firing head coaches off the cuff hasn't worked for the Rays in the recent past. No. So, you again, you, you see where it ends up first, and then you make a big-picture decision. You don't make a spur-of-the-moment, you know, knee-jerk, emotional response a lot of, a lot of fans want to make. And I get why they want to make that decision because they've seen a lot of this mediocrity before and they're seeing signs of it again. So they're like, get it out of here before it gets worse. So I, I totally get the fans on that. But from a business perspective, from Dave Ziegler's perspective, from Mark Davis's perspective, you just hire these guys this year. You're going to ride it out for at least one year. He's going to be the head coach race for at least one full year before they make a big picture decision to change direction again, because again, once you change head coaches, then you're talking about a new system because he's also the play caller. You're talking about maybe new players because a new head coach has a different vision. So change, constant change is not good. But no. the Raiders, the, the Raiders situation right now isn't good, but neither is constant change. So right. you wait till the season ends and then you reevaluate the situation all over again. Yeah. And, and, you just got you have to hope for not only the fans but for the team that they they start to find it and turn it around. The playoffs might be off the table, but if you can still salvage the season with a winning record or getting as close to 500 by the end of it that you can, maybe come up with a couple big wins, maybe you win against the Chiefs, maybe you beat the Chargers, maybe you beat uh, a team, the Rams, whoever it may be, just to kind of give yourself some of some of that good feel and say, hey, we are progressing. If you're progressing, that's the point. If if they would have lost to New Orleans 24-21 because of a late game play that resulted in a long field goal, then you walk away from it not feeling so bad. Uh, it's the way they lost, the way they played, and the way mm-hmm. that the the effort uh, seemed to not be there for this Raiders team that really was disturbing. Uh, but we'll we'll see how it all goes. We'll we'll have a, a the, the opportunity in Jacksonville. One quick point I'm going to make, and and this. 
tags along with what Josh McDaniel said about teams lose on Sundays, teams lose games all, all the time. It goes back to my point about urgency, and that was my problem with his quote, and that was my problem with this Raiders team is that it fans can see that there's something missing here, and I think it's urgency. Mm-hmm. And Derek Carr, after the game, said, I think it was Vinny Bonsignor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, asked him, what do you want to see in the Raiders' response after a loss like this? And he said, more urgency in the meetings, practices, etc. And here it is again. We're talking about meetings, practices, etc. Why isn't there urgency to begin with? You're two and yes. four going into yes. that game. You shouldn't have to lose 24 to zero to then have more urgency. Now, of course, with Derek Carr, it starts with him because he didn't play well either. But for the team across the board, why is there a question and their response? They need to respond with more urgency. Again, you are a team with plus expectations going into the year. You dropped to two and four. You dropped to two and five. The urgency should have been there coming out of the bye. Yeah. And even even national observers are looking at this. And I saw it a multitude of 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 pundits on Monday really just sitting there befuddled and saying, I don't know. I I can't figure it out. They have the talent. During the, during the, really quick, during the broadcast, Trent Green said it. He said, you know, I didn't expect the Raiders to get blanked here. I think it was yeah. Kevin Harlan and Trent Green were talking. They were like, we didn't expect this. We right. we sat out here on the show and said, it's going to be a high-scoring game. We both predicted the Raiders would win. I'm mm-hmm. sitting there, and I'm shocked. I, I look at the game because, of course, I'm watching multiple games. And I look over, and the Raiders are down 17-0. And I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I can I can even understand if it was a close game and and they lost in the Saints because the Saints had extra time to prepare, and they're just playing their hearts out because their season's kind of on the line because – they came into it with a poor record as well. I can get that. But for a Raiders team to go out there, and I understand it going to a different time zone, I get that. But so do other teams. They're not the only <laughs> teams that have to travel across multiple time zones to play other other teams in, in football games. They understood what the what the challenge was. And you yeah. come out there and you don't put up a point and you don't cross the 50-yard line with your starters in the game? That's disgraceful. It's unacceptable. It really, it, really, it really is. And and not only that, but they Vic Tafer asked Derek Carr after the game about the urgency question. And he got the standard answer of, well, yeah, that's on all of us. And and Vic drilled down and said, Does that mean you too? I mean, do you, don't you own that? And he said, Yeah, I own it. Right. Now I would expand a little bit on that. But but he got what he needed from the question, which is there's no hiding from responsibility, no matter who you are on that team, including Derek Carr. Everybody on that team and up to the coaches, is responsible for what happened. You can't point fingers. It's on everyone. That's how poor of a performance it was. And so now you have to move forward. Fans, I'm going to lecture you right now. You have to move forward. It's time to move forward. Yes, they got a lot of, they got a lot of explaining to do, as they used to say. Um, but at the same time, uh, that's all you can do. You can move forward and, and say, okay, Jacksonville's next. They're staying on the East Coast. They're staying in Florida all week. Uh, let's get ready for this game. So the time zone excuse gone, uh, and the rest of it will have to come together. But, Mo, uh, we'll, we'll get into the, Jacks, the Jacksonville Jaguars game 
coming up on Thursday as well. Uh, but the trade deadline obviously is later today. If you're listening to us in the morning when this podcast is released, um, the Raiders could be sellers. Uh, I don't think definitely they're going to be buyers. Um, I w- I'm in favor of looking what they can get if at this point. I mean, a lot of people disagree with the Josh Jacobs opportunity. Maybe if someone comes at you with a third, that might be too high. They could probably uh, get him for less. Uh, but do you expect any movement uh, by the Raiders here as far as selling off some of the talent they do have? I expect movement, but I don't expect any blockbuster moves. Right. Let's say they trade a Divine Diablo because Divine Diablo is low-key been a disappointment. Yeah. Not a very good coverage defender. Uh, he was, he was I want to say picked on, but he's get, he's given up a lot of yards over the past uh, couple of few games. So I could see a move like that, a, a player who's not necessarily a household or a big name get moved, but I don't see a blockbuster move either you, way. You don't see Jacobs maybe? You don't think, I mean, you don't think they're listening to offers for Jacobs where they're at at two and five? Of, of course, a general manager's job is to listen to offers. So I'm sure they're listening to offers for Josh Jacobs, but unless it's something that blows them away because he has been the engine of their offense. Let's be honest, when the Raiders mm-hmm. offense has performed at its best is when Josh Jacobs has been at its best. So trading Josh Jacobs would then kind of indicate that we're taking a step back offensively because, again, this guy has helped us get some wins. <laughs> so yeah. if you're trading him and you're saying, okay, we got Zamir White now, you're saying, okay, not that we're waving the white flag, but we're willing to take that risk of taking a step back to move forward in the future. And now I don't know how that would sit in the locker room, giving up one of your best <laughs> offensive players. Well, and and I know I'm being Monday morning quarterback here because I I was at, adamant that they should not do a fifth year option on Josh Jacobs, and I, I guess I was wrong to a certain degree because they gave the money instead to Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, and Derek Carr. And we haven't seen the performance out of either any of those three that we expected so far. Uh, but yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. We'll see what they do uh, by the end of the day. I know you're going to be busy all day covering the trade deadline. So we appreciate it. All right, Mo, we will talk to you next on the mailbag show. And then of course, we'll see you on Thursday. Hopefully uh, I'm in a much better mood because <laughs> watching the Raiders game and seeing Joshua Daniels coach is totally like made me upset on Monday so <laughs> hopefully we're, we're I'm in a much better uh, much better yeah spirit. we don't want Modi Mo we want we want uh, we want excited Mo so we'll get back to that all right my buddy we'll see you soon all right for everybody here at Silver and Black today and Odyssey Original Podcast we appreciate you guys being with us if you're listening to us on audio please subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast and then of course if you're watching us on YouTube yes the shows you can also check them out and watch them on YouTube Hit the subscribe and the notifications button. That'll help us out significantly, but we appreciate it. Hang in there, Raider Nation. It will get better. For Momotin, I am Scott Colbranson. We'll talk to you next time.